Let's do one, two, three, four, five, and then clap on six, okay? But you got to do the ands. One and two and three and four, that? Yes. And then we'll clap five and and clap on six? Yep. Okay, here we go. Ready? Mm-hmm. One and two and three and four and five and... Oh, I forgot to clap. God damn it, really? Hey, everybody. Welcome to I'm okay, you're okay. I'm not okay. You're not okay. With me, Bob Schneider... And your other host, Clint Wells. You're welcome. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. It's nice to be here with you on this beautiful day, wherever you are. Hopefully, you're enjoying the day as we are. Yes, quite, quite. And when I say enjoying the day, I mean I haven't slept at all. I got home last night at about three, went to bed at about 4.30, and then was woken up at six. So what brought you out of your slumber? What woke you up? uh, My daughter saying, I can't sleep. And I'm like, I guess we'll get up now. And then I took her to school. And then I came home to take a nap before doing this podcast. But I got on my Oculus and started playing Resident Evil and then couldn't stop. There'll be a nap at some point. Well, I also didn't sleep well. I got home from a tour two days ago. I have three nights at home. And then I am flying to the UK. People will have already known this by the time this episode comes out. But every day and every night that I'm home, I, it's just completely filled with podcast obligations, editing, songwriting, producing. So I, and then, you know, occasionally watching a basketball game. I do feel like we should take this podcast to let you um, practice your British accent before you go there because <laughs> the there's, nothing, there's, there's nothing the British hate more than American accents. And they really appreciate it when you try to do a, a British accent over there. Dude, we, the, our last tour manager hated it because uh, I've just turned into a man where I just start telling the British, I'm like, look, I can't understand what the fuck you're saying. I watch all of your television shows and all of your films with subtitles because I don't know what you're saying. So our tour manager would inevitably say something and i would say he's got a mouthful of cookies he does i would do this like harry potter thing he's harry boy he is and uh he hated it well depending on where you are in england like the further south you are the more if you're in the south you sound like this it's very legible and everyone understands what you're saying that sounds australian but then then as you go north you start getting this sort of thing you get up to Manchester, you get up this, oh, you get your thing, go brother, and then you get it out in here and all like this. We're not up in Birmingham. Oh, but again, you fool, you fuck, fuck you, you fucking man, you fuck. And then you get over to the school. I mean, by the time you get to that North Sea, forget it, dude. You can't understand a word. And then all of a sudden, the Irish will bring it back home a little bit. By the way, that's a perfect Irish accent. That's the way they all talk. Well, we have this new tour manager who's like, uh, little birdie told me you like sports. So you're going to come with me to my favorite pub. We're going to watch my favorite football team, Arsenal. And I'm I'm like, dude, I'm not. Someone told you I like sports, but they did not tell you that I don't watch soccer. I like the fact that he's an Arsenal fan. Well, aren't they the best? No, the best soccer team right now is Man City. Now, we could have won the fucking Premier League this year, but we fucked up the Gunners, I'm talking about, Arsenal. 
by tying three games in a row with these low these teams at the bottom of the fucking league. Anyways, I don't want to go into it. It's too sad to talk about. Yeah. And boring. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, I will be over there not understanding. Any, I mean, our first show's in fucking Scotland, and you can't understand it. Let me hear your Scottish accent. You got a Scottish accent in the chamber? I've got three Scotsmen where I've been so bad. I've on the green before it is. Yeah. We're going to need more men. We're going to need more men. We're going to need more men if we're going to get there today. I did day it's the result. So a little bird told me that he's interested in sports. See, I wonder what's that. Man City. Oh, buddy, my. Fuck the money in City. Spit on the ground before it is, yeah. That's Scottish. That's, I mean, if there's Scottish people listening now, they're like, oh, that guy was born in Scotland. Right. He's, he's just pretending to be an American. Right. He must be related to me. Yeah. I mean, they're like, oh, he's related to fucking Mel Gibson. What's your, guy. what's your, you have a thing about actors who are British, but you, you have a thing about accents, right? I have a hard time with people that are British who are doing American accents, but you don't know they're doing American accents, but it trips something in my brain and makes me think, uh, don't trust this guy. Or yeah. uh, it makes me dislike them. Uh, and it's just some weird subconscious thing where I'm like, I don't trust that person. Well, the best character on Succession, which is in the fourth and final season, which has been fantastic, by the way is a character named Tom Wamsgams, and he's the most interesting character on the whole show. But I learned later that he's a British guy. Yeah. Using an American accent. And now that I know it, you hear it fuck up. Especially if it's like a fast-paced dialogue. Like, you'll hear... Nicole Kimmon does that, too. Yeah. You'll hear her Aussie shit come out in certain dialogue. And it is not great. I'll have to take your word for it because I'm probably not going to watch Succession. Do I try to watch Air? What, the Michael Jordan film? Yeah, that just came out on Prime oh, like hell in yeah. the last day or two. Oh, I'm going to watch that probably tomorrow. Well, just expect it to be shitty and then maybe it'll be okay. Because <laughs> somebody told me it was good and it's definitely not that. The trailer looks good. They did a good job with the trailer. The trailer looks bad to me. What? And then somebody, somebody told me it was good and I was like, well, let me check it out. And then I watched that's what I watched when I got home last night about before I passed out. It's not good. Is anything in the world worse than that movie Pig that we watched? No, that's the worst movie of all time. I'll tell you what's good is Lucky Lucky Hank is really good, but you have to subscribe to AMC. But you can subscribe to it, watch the whole series, and then unsubscribe, and you don't have to pay anything. Just do, try it for free for a week or whatever. Yeah. That's worth every penny. That's how they get you, though. That's how they fuck you. Well, then you forget that you've subscribed to AMC. Exactly. And then two years go by. And they've taken everything from you. Yeah, they've taken all of your, everything you have. And you're like on the streets, homeless, and people are like, Why, how'd you end up homeless? And I was like, well, I subscribed to AMC to watch Lucky Hank, and now... I forgot about it. Yeah, I forgot about it, and now I'm homeless. Can you spare a dime? I actually had the thought last night, because now we're in the NBA playoffs, so I'm watching two games a night. And I was just realizing what a time suck it is. Like, I was actually thinking, like, maybe this is bad for me to be into the NBA because who has the time to watch all this shit? I only watch soccer because it turns my brain off. Like, (laughs) 
Candy Crush wasn't getting it done. Otherwise, if I'm if I'm not watching soccer, then I'm having thoughts and feelings, and I don't want that. But do your thoughts and feelings come through in the music that you write? Do you ever access them to make interesting music? When I'm writing a song, I'm working on a puzzle. I'm trying to figure out a problem. So I'm also not really having any feelings or so that basically everything I do in my life is to dissociate from my feelings and I'm gotten really good at it. One thing that happens a lot when you're writing songs here, when you're trying to write songs professionally that I think you would really have a hard time with is you'll occasionally, cause I'm like you, I look, I look at almost everything in life like a puzzle. I love puzzles. I love the crossword puzzle. Um, I think being creative is really just about solving a problem. And I'm a man, I like to solve problems. But occasionally, I'll work with someone that's like, <clears throat> really hung up on this idea that everything in the song has to be from like authentic, or has to be something they would actually say, or something that actually happened to them. And I find that very hard, a very difficult creative partner to work with. Do you have any thoughts about that? I, I don't like that kind of writing at all. Now, one of my fi- having said that, I'm now going to contradict what I just said by saying that one of my favorite songwriters of all time, Danny Malone, I asked him one time, I was like, is, do you make up anything or is everything real? And he's like, I've never made up a thing. And he's never written a bad song. He's got four albums that he's put out. There's not a bad song on four albums. They're incredible and they're all real. One of my favorite poets of all time, Raymond Carver. Mm, wonderful. His collected poems is one of my favorite collections of poems of all time. Everything in there seems real. Everything seems like it comes from his life. Now, I don't know if it does or not. So I I like the illusion of being real. I think people listen to my songs and they go, well, that sounds honest and real. But I make up everything. Right, we've talked about it before. The honesty and the the authenticity of it, it is being generated from a different source. It's like Randy Newman. Well, the only thing I'm interested in is conveying an emotion. That's all I care about. So it's the best way for me to talk about these emotional things that I'm trying to get across is by like making it into a movie. Like if Stanley Kubrick had to just only make movies about his own life, how fucking boring would all of his movies be? None right. of his movies would be good. And I want to use all of the, the wonders of my mind and my imagination, all the things you can do in music. If you're, if you're limiting yourself, if you're limiting yourself to just your experience, you're fucking yourself. And who are you that, that are you, that are that you're that interesting? Nobody cares. That's exactly it. I mean, the the nicer way, the the way that I have to neg- negotiate that in a room with people is like, hey, you know, there's like more to what's interesting about life than just the few things that you've experienced in your small. I mean, you know, our our thing is so small. So to to only say I'm only going to write about things I would say or things that I did, it's like, well, you haven't done that much. I mean, it's, you had a relationship didn't work out. Your parents were shitty. Like, that's just, how do you not run out? Like, even someone like Danny, and the th- here's the thing about Danny, and I don't, I don't know if he would mind me saying this, his life, his personal life's pretty wild. And if you're living a wild life and sacrificing what can be really good about life, which is stability, health, relationships, family, 
if you're sacrificing that, I mean, I remember Adam Duritz talked about how he would just intentionally fuck up relationship after relationship because he believed that it was the only way he could write interesting songs. I mean, if I guess if you're just going to do that forever, you can keep writing about your weird life. But, you know, a lot of good songwriters have stable lives. They're just, it's like Bukowski said that a good writer doesn't have to be living in chaos. They just have to have a good memory about what it was like to live in chaos. Being a good writer is just being imaginative, having a good memory. Well, I mean, the bottom line is you can write about your life. You can make up other lives. You can do anything you want as long as it's interesting, as long as it's cool. So I think the bottom line is I don't give a fuck if it like you. I don't give a fuck if it's authentic, real, not real, made up or anything. Is it fucking interesting does it make me feel something? Am I crying? Am I laughing? Am I going, oh my God, I can't believe you said that because I've never heard anybody put something that way. Like that's so beautiful and profound and I'm a human being and you're a human being and we're like, I can't believe that we're like that the monkey that I am and the monkey you are, you came up with that with your monkey brain and it just makes me feel incredible. Like I don't feel like a fucking insect all of a sudden. I don't feel like a fucking, you know, slug on the side of the road. I'm like, Oh, this is what humanity is. This is what being a human can, this is what we can be. It's lifts you up. It makes you feel wonderful. So, if your life, if you can write something about your life that that achieves that, great. But if not, it doesn't matter. Just make it, make it move me to the point of tears. That's all I care about. I don't give a fuck if you say it or don't say it. I don't care. <laughs> I think there would be some people who would say that it being authentic or being something that really happened makes it more powerful. And that if they were to find out that, say, the writer didn't have anything in common with whatever sad story or moving story they're telling, you know, would say that that would take power away from it. I think I'm with you. I, I just don't think it matters. I'm the I'm the opposite of that. If you can make up something like that and it's not real, I think that's even cooler. Well, because how can you live all of these experiences that make up the best of songs and movies of our lives? How could you live all that? The people that write movies, like think about the screenwriters. I've been thinking about that because there's this big writer strike, right? And, you know, we've seen writer strikes before. Here's what's about to happen with all the shows you like and all the everything. It's about to get shittier because people have to write this shit. And the guys on TV that are doing it and making it look good and who look hot and you want to fuck them and all that, they can't write it. I mean, some of them can. You know, you've got your Billy Wilders, you've got your Woody Allens, you've got your Quentin Tarantinos. You've got people who can write and produce their own shit, but it's rare. Dude, I just had an epiphany. Hell yeah. Love a good epiphany. About your person that's that's like, oh, everything I write has to be real or I would have said it. Guess what that is? That's called a documentary. And there's some <laughs> great fucking documentaries out there. Right. There right. are. They're great documentaries. But if all your songs are documentaries, guess what you don't have? Star Wars. You don't guess what you don't have? Godfather. Guess what you don't have? Apocalypse Now. Guess what you don't have? No Country for Old Men. Guess what you don't have? All the greatest movies of all time. Know, Gone with I the know. Wind. Guess what you don't have? Wizard of Oz. Guess what you don't have? All the Pixar movies. Hey dummy. Hey documentary songwriter. 
I don't think all of them are coming from a bad place. I think it's just they've never been challenged in that way to like exactly what we're saying, right? But here's the thing too. You know what annoys me about even that are you, argument? <laughs> are you are you walking it back because maybe one of these songwriters might listen to this podcast and they're like, oh, they're talking about me right now. And I'm just oh. telling them to go fuck themselves. And I don't even know who they are. All artists are narcissists who think the world's talking about them. So yeah, they would wonder that, that is, anyway. That is true. Uh, and yes, I am talking about them. Um, <laughs> and yes, I'm saying to go fuck yourself. <laughs> the thing that annoys me too about the point you made, which I love, like, yeah, no Star Wars, no no great stories. Here's what annoys me about that. Have you ever heard these people that are like, to that exact point, like, what if George Lucas set out to just tell his goddamn boring story? Well, I was born and my parents weren't great and I had a tough time at school with girls that liked me, so I made Star Wars. The other people out there, they're like, oh, Star Wars is a metaphor for his life. It is a documentary. I'm like, God... Can't it just be a story about fucking space and a war in space? Does everything have to be like this intense allegory? Well, Tolkien, see, you know, Sauron is, you know, the political. It's just like, man, maybe he just wanted to write a badass story. Sometimes songs don't mean shit. And that's okay, too. There's a reason why, like, songs have a certain, like, songs have a a structure to them. Verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, verse, chorus, chorus, end. And we we're used to that structure in pop songs or rock songs or whatever. Now there's lots of songs that don't have any of that, that ignore that, that do different things. But 90% of all the songs that were, that have been written in the last hundred years kind of follow that structure that are popular that we like. And movies are the same way. Movies have this whole thing, this whole arc that most stories have. And the reason that those Star Wars films were so successful is because they followed this classic hero's journey story. And I took a screenwriting class and they tell you like all the points that you hit and you look at all the movies that are hugely successful and they kind of all go through that. Yeah, it even gets granular. Like by page 20, you need right. to have your first conflict with your main characters. Right. And again, you'll find... Movies that don't do any of those things that are really good. And you'll find bad movies that do all those things. So, but yeah, I mean, I'm sure that George Lucas and every, you know, everybody that's making art is trying to, I mean, ultimately at the end of the, at the end of the day, they're just trying to get laid bottom line. They can, they can say whatever they want. They can, they can say, Oh, I'm trying to make great art. But George Lucas was just trying to get laid. And the more nebbish you are and the uglier you are, the greater your art's going to be. Well, because it had to be. Because you have to be. Because it had to be. You have to be. You have to be great. Like, look at George. Look at Martin Scorsese. Look at George Lucas. Look at Steven Spielberg. If these guys didn't make those movies, they're not marrying the women that they married. Bottom line, look at look at the dudes from Guns N' Roses and look at their wives. They had to be as good as Guns N' Roses to marry those women. Guess all these buildings that you see and the skyline that are giant buildings, all of those men are very small men. Measure their height. They're all five foot seven, five foot six. They don't have a good personality. They have to build a giant building. 
so that and then look at their wives that's how they got those wives and it works and it works and it works and it's all done it's not done consciously none of these guys are like 18 and 19 and like go oh i have to make this great film or build this building to fucking get laid it's all subconscious well i would also say i mean you know i agree with all that i just think there's no way around it and i think if you don't understand that or you think that's false i just don't think you're paying attention but i will say i think you can do more than one thing you you can really be doing it for to peacock and to to be excessive to be to have a stake in the gene pool game but also have other motives i want to do something good i want to make a movie that no one's ever seen i want you know i want the accolades of my peers and i of course yeah i want to i want to get laid yeah, you want to procreate, you want to you want to survive as a species. You also want to feel safe. You also want to be loved. And part of being safe is being loved. And some people who didn't get any love or grew up in chaotic families like we did uh we're like perfectionists. We we'd never stop trying to fucking write and work and to get that love that we never got. Or that attention that we never got so that we'll feel safe you look at everybody you look at all the people that are the most successful people in the world very few of them had got what they thought they needed at home if you got more of or all of what you thought you needed if you felt safe without having to kind of self-generate a lot of the stuff around you what do you think you would do like I don't, what, would, what would your life look like would you I don't travel. Know. Would you travel more? Would you like relax? More? Like, what would that even look like? I have no idea. Because Einmal is Kainmal. That's Nietzsche. You can't. You can't have two lives. You have one life. Right. So there's no no way to know. Yeah, it's the same as just asking, "What if I was a different person?" Which is meaningless. Right. Um. Well, yeah. What if I was a t- toad? What if I was a tree? James Hetfield just did a kind of in depth interview. Their new album is called 72 Seasons. And the 72 Seasons are the first 18 years of your life. So it's this it's this album about how the first 18 years of your life is basically what shapes who you are and just wrestling with that, good and bad. And so it's a pretty vulnerable, interesting interview about all that. They get pretty heavy. But at the end, the interviewer says, hey, to end the interview, what's your greatest hope like for the future? Which is... A really hard question to answer on the fly. And he he doesn't do a great job. He kind of stumbles through it. He's trying to say the right thing. He's trying to say something that's cohesive and interesting. But he's caught off guard. And the first thing he says is, well, my, my great hope for the future is that I would keep feeling hope, which is clumsy and clunky and a weird thing to say. And then he says, and that also that I would, that I never quit being an artist, that I always keep exploring. All right, we're getting better. And then he ends up saying something like, and that, you know, my purpose is to help people. All right, then that gets into the PR stuff. In the middle of those things, when he says, oh, my great hope is to keep feeling hope and to uh, never quit exploring, he says what I think is the true nugget is he says, just that everything, no matter what, that everything will be okay. Yeah. And it almost made me cry to read it because that's really what it is. That's like, all it is. Just that, and, and it can just apply to so much. Like, is my my existential dread is wrapped up in, is my daughter going to know me and love me? Like, is my time with her really evaporating? Am I, and am I spending the most crucial years of her life away from her touring? So, or are me and my wife going to be able to afford this new house we just bought? Is she going to continue to love me? Is she going to leave me? Do I have a career? Does anyone care about the music I make? But ultimately, it's just that 
is everything going to be okay? Yeah. That's at the bottom of a lot of it. It's, I mean, it's all there is. It's, it's, it's just, we're these organisms that are like, fuck, kill, survive, period. Do a little bit of eating in there. Well, that's part of survival. So it's like, you know, we, we build these, we have these societies, we have all this information, we, we, we construct all these like societies and, and, and ways of living together so that we can get along and, and, and it's not be chaotic, but underneath it all, it's like, you know, the reason, like every time you masturbate, you, it's your brain wanting to get something pregnant. That's why you're doing it. Now you're intellectually, you can go, oh, I don't want to get something pregnant right now. I'm going to masturbate. But the reason you're masturbating is to get something pregnant. The reason that you fall in love with someone is so that you will take care of that person and then take care of the offspring that you have. Because if you weren't in love with the person, you wouldn't do that. And that's why it only, that's why that chemical love only lasts for three years, because at the end of three years, you can kind of move on in that. And, and those people will have to fend for themselves at a certain point. Well, that's exactly, yeah. The pair bonding is temporary to keep the male around to protect the offspring and the female until they're both strong enough to take care of themselves. Right. The reason that you and me like watching other men fail is because then we get to procreate and they don't get to procreate and then we survive and they don't. And that makes us feel great. <laughs> it does because that's all we're programmed to do. And we color everything with this intellectual bullshit, but underneath it all, that's what that's the programming. Now, of course, you don't have to, you, you know, we're intelligent human beings. We don't act that way. And we look down on people that are, you know, murderers or rapists. Well, yeah. I mean, that's, that, that's what jerking off is, what masturbating is. That's what condoms are. It's, we've taken our primitive, our, our programming, and we've gamed it a little bit. And we, you know, it's one of the things that I really didn't like much about the argument, like the pro, pro-gay argument that, oh, it's natural, occurs in nature. How could it be? It's like, yeah, but the, using, I mean, a lot of shit in nature is fucked up. I mean, <laughs> nature is pretty much only rape and murder. So appealing to it, a natural, like there are things that are natural to want to do, like procre- like fuck everything that moves, that we don't do. We don't do that. We we know that if we're in competition with another male, that killing, we don't want to live in a society where we're just killing all the, male competition that's not good we don't do that we have laws against that we do we do do it we do it every day we do it in our thoughts and we do it in our words sure every time we talk shit about some dude we're killing their their character like every time you and me are talking shit about connor oberst having bad times we're hoping that somebody listens to that and they go oh they they're not going to, they're going to hate this guy. They're not going to buy his music. They're not going to go see his shows. And then we've killed him off. We're doing it all the time. Well, and, philosophically. and when we're masturbating again, we're that drive to masturbate is trying is just that primitive part of your brain trying to, but we gamed it. We've domesticated it. Well, yeah, we've, we can, we can make choices that aren't, you know, we don't have to do that programming. Right. We, we, so the pro, but the, you're saying the programming is—it's there. It's primal. It's built in. It's wired. It's there, and you and you can't like 
So like my wife will be like, well, my, my dad's not a creep. I'm like, yeah, your dad, all men, all men are programmed to want to fuck all the time. And it doesn't matter if you want to fuck men or, or women, but whatever you want to fuck, you want to fuck it all the time. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So this whole idea like, oh, you and me are lucky because we're attracted to women. We're not attracted to kids or animals or dead corpses. You know what I mean? But there's some people that that's what they're attracted to. And their brains are telling them, go do that. I'm going to tell you as we usher into the Secret Weekly, I have a friend who's a, uh, a psychologist. And he was telling me about some of his clients. He did not mention any names. He was being very careful about it. But he did tell me about more than one of his clients that are into this very specific sexual thing that blew my mind. Oh, I can't wait to get into that Secret Weekly and hear about it. All right. If you want to hang out with us in the Secret Weekly, you can by joining us on Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash I-O-K. If not, no big whoop, but you can send us an email, bobandclint at gmail.com, and we'll talk about whatever you want. Thanks for the support. Have we gotten any emails lately? We actually have gotten some emails. You want me to fire one off real quick? Let's fire one off before we get out of here. Uh, Jalia Keneally sent your song, What You Wanted, Redux, and she says... I love this song so much. Thank you. Clint, your mind is fascinating and I like it also. Thank you. So what's this song, Redux? Yeah, so I wrote a song called What You Wanted. And then I don't do it a lot, very often, but occasionally what I'll do is I'll re-record it so the band will, it'll be more for the band. So I did one that's kind of a weird, quirky version. And then I was like, well, the band's never going to be able to play this. So then I wrote another one with, the band in mind with guitar and drums and gotcha keyboards. And so that those I call redux uh, versions. All right. Well, she loves that song. John powers wrote in and the subject is cold, hard facts. First of all, can't believe you guys were in Florida and I didn't know about it. I would have totally bought Clint a local brew and Bob and herbal my tire or whatever. If that had granted me any type of conversation, I would have made it interesting as F. You guys just did an episode about shitting in shitty places. Here's a story about the best place I've ever dropped a deuce. I was an intern at Mari, which is off the air now, so I can finally share this. And someone showed me where they used to film Sally Jesse Raphael in the studio next door. Walking around the dark set and backstage, I somehow found myself in her private bathroom. Nice. He says, God damn, it was incredible. Tall ceilings, lavish marble, and gold accessories. It was like someone said, spend as much as you possibly can on this bathroom. The room was bigger than my queen's apartment and smelled of stale perfume and powder. Needless to say, anytime I needed to shit that semester, I found my way in there. There's no better feeling than letting loose surrounded by decadence and feeling like a talk show king as an intern. Interesting as F, right? All the best. Thanks, Daddy. Zip. Comic John Powers. John, that sounds like heaven on earth. It really does. There's nothing There's nothing like a cool, quiet, private, luxurious bathroom to shit into. It's, it's the endless runway. You're not going to be interrupted. No time crunch. Nowhere oh. to be. Dude, at a certain point in your life, there's very little that competes with that. I mean, do I often sit in there so long that both of my legs go completely numb? Oh, yes. If if I'm if I if I can get up from a toilet and I can still feel my legs, <laughs> I haven't enough. been in there long enough. Do I sometimes sit in there so long that I finish my business and then have to go again because I sat there so long? Yes. 
<laughs> that's that's a long that's a long time. <laughs> I do do that thing though, because what happens is I'll start play. I'll I'll get on there and I'll play like a video game. So once I get on that video game, it used to be Candy Crush, but now it's solitaire. If I get going on a solitaire run, I mean I could be in there for forty five minutes, and I don't know what's going on. The reason I play solitaire is so I don't know what's going on, and so all of a sudden, like I'll hear some what. What are you doing in there? You've been in there for a long time. Oh, I'm coming out. I'll I'll get off that toilet and I'm unable to move because my both my legs are now in. Yeah. They they can, won't operate. There's no feeling in them. Yeah. So it'll take me like three or four minutes to get blood back in there so I, so I can actually walk out of the bathroom. 100%. 100%, yes. We need to go to the Secret Weekly so I can talk about these these sexual perverts that we're going to get into. Dude, I so, can't I can't wait to hear it. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs>